Oh, welcome in live. We are at the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live with Campbell Head Football Coach Mike Minner. I'm Chris Amire. We got a great show for you tonight. Offensive coordinator Anthony Whedon will be here. And our defensive coordinator, Patrick Miller, will be here as well in the second half hour of the show. And boy, do we have a lot of great things to talk about. That's because on Saturday afternoon, Campbell football dismantled the Citadel 56-7. to It was the most points Campbell has ever scored against a Division I scholarship opponent. Campbell rolled up 611 yards of total offense. That's the most Campbell's ever put up against a Division I opponent, handing the Citadel, who has been playing football for over 100 years, one of their worst ever losses at home. The defense equally as dominant. They shut out the Citadel for the final three quarters of the game. This morning, Campbell quarterback Haj Malik Williams, he was named the CAA Co-Offensive Player of the Week. V.J. Wilkins was named the Freshman of the Week. It's an exclamation point to a great Saturday. And Coach Minner joining me now. Coach, all this happened, by the way, on the road. Can you remember a victory this dominant in your time here? No. Just a great job by everyone, right? So you got to start with the coaching staff. Um, we talked about details all week long. Can we grow from week one to week two? Um, chasing excellence, right, is a, is a thing that, that we talked about. And, um, and, and the players bought into that. And, and really, Chris, it's, it's just, a, you know, the normal progression of trying to be great at what you do. And um, it just happened to be um, on the road and it just happened to be that type of score. Um, Haj Malik Williams. Wow. So the second straight game, he was phenomenal in this game. He completed his first nine passes, 25 for 32 through the year, 353 and three TDs as he connected with eight different receivers. Oh, by the way, he ran eight times for 45 yards and two TDs on the ground. What was this his best game ever? Well, it, it, it probably was one of his most complete games because we won the game. Um, he's had great games before individually, but we didn't win the game. So then now it doesn't count. And, um, you know, when, when you talk to him, it's all about the win. It's all about helping his teammates um, be great. Um, and that's really what it was about with him. And, and so he just operates the offense, and the offense calls for certain things. That's why eight people is touching the football because we're only going to take what the defense gives. And um, that also tells you about the recruiting we've been doing for the last um, two years is that he has a lot of weapons that he can get the ball to um, that take advantage of people's defenses. And so he understands what Coach Whedon is trying to get done through the calls. Uh, uh, every call that comes through, Hodge has done the homework um, on what that call means. What is Coach Whedon saying to me when he signaled in this call to me? And um, th that, that's the difference between, you know, Hodge Malik Williams this year and um, him in the past. Speaking of that, something that I saw that I think shows his maturity as a quarterback, um, it was, I, I believe, in the second quarter. He was scrambling like he usually does. And again, he has always been, even though he has the legs, he's always been a pocket first quarterback. He, he, he holds his head up but he rolled to the right side. He had a lot of green in front of him. He could have made the first down. He could have had a 20-yard gain. Instead, he threw it down the sidelines, a perfect deep ball, 
and got a 45-yard gain. And that right there shows it's a quote-unquote little thing, but it's a big thing that makes all the difference. Absolutely, Chris. Again, it's about the details of what you're trying to get done at the quarterback position. It's not about let me run with my legs. They call them running backs, right? So it's, <laughs> I'm a quarterback. I'm going to throw the ball down and let somebody else run the run with the football. And that's what he's been doing. And, and um, you, you're right. Looking at the little things like that, not trying to um, win the game by yourself. You, you, you are getting everyone involved into the game. And, and um, whoever caught that deep ball, you think about how excited he is yep. and the energy that he'll bring to the next play. That's really what the quarterback position is all about, is really giving energy to the playmakers on offense. That, that's a good point, too, because you told me that the big difference that you hope to see in him and you saw in camp was he's not only great, he's going to make the others around him great. And you see that with the way he is spreading the ball around. He doesn't just have two favorite targets. He's got six, seven, eight guys he's been throwing to. <laughs> Which, um, again, makes it very difficult as a defensive coordinator. So I can imagine a defensive coordinator looking at, at the offense and saying, okay, what do we take away? No doubt. Right? So um, that that's the that's the beauty of having a guy like Hodge Malik Williams being um, your quarterback for five years. So overall now, and these numbers are video game-like, but in two days, Hodge is 47 for 58. And, and when I think about 11 incompletions, which period is incredible, I can think of, a, a couple of drops, a, a couple of, of balls that they had, and good hits by the, by the secondary that dislodged him. He may have missed three or four passes, at least in my eyes. I know you guys probably said more, but I think that's what's the most incredible of his 47 for 58 for 579 yards and four TDs. 81% of his passes completed. That's the best in all of FCS right now. Well, he's playing at a high level. But, you know, th this offense – Coach Whedon does such a great job of really having his players um, be able to take advantage of their talents. So it's just not, hey, let's just run this system no matter what. He fits the system to the player. And that's what great offensive coordinators do. And, and they take advantage of what, what that guy can do. And, and with Hodge, you got another coach on the field. So take advantage of his brain and his ability to see the game and his ability to work the defense and that's what you know coach Whedon has been bringing so this is not an accident um he already knew uh, coming into this season and when I say he I'm talking about coach Whedon knew that Hodge Malik Williams percentages would go up because of how we was going to take advantage of his talents and how we was going to take advantage of the defense scheme and in the second half hour of this show, we will talk to uh, offensive coordinator Anthony Whedon and your defensive coordinator, Patrick Miller, um, to go on with, with Hodge and what he has done. First in the country in completions, seventh in completions per game in passing yards, 11th in passing TDs. VJ Wilkins, you told me about him. Coach Whedon told me about him. You said, watch this guy. He's a, he's a redshirt freshman. You're going to be calling his name a lot. Seven receptions, 78 yards and a TD the CAA Rookie of the Week after that performance. He leads you all in receptions um, with 11. W what has clicked for him? Well, I, I think it's confidence, right? So a young freshman come in, he's always been fast. He's always been a guy that can run. 
okay, now we got to get confidence. Can I do the same thing I was doing in high school and college? And that's the number one question every athlete has. And then once you realize, oh, I can do this. This is the same thing that I was doing in high school. The light turns on. And once the light turns on, now your talent can take over. And, and that's really what happens with, with every freshman um, that you, you get. And, and you're like, okay, is, is it going to happen? And then all of a sudden it starts to happen. And that's all that's going on, Chris, is that he realized, oh, oh. I'm okay. I can do this. <laughs> so, um, you know, we call him Rocket now. So he, he didn't <laughs> earn the name. He 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 didn't got freshman of the week. So uh, we're gonna keep, continue to get him the football and see what he can continue to do for us. It, it, it's amazing. J- just another case of of how your coaching staff develops somebody. Because when I looked and saw a redshirt freshman, I was like. Why the heck wasn't he on the field last year? And and you said that that he truly wasn't ready. He has made that big of a leap in a year. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, some people, when they come in, they're not physically ready. Some people, when they come in, they're not mentally ready, right? And I think it was a little bit of both. We had to get him in the weight room. We had to get him stronger. We had to get his mind right. Like, you're going to be okay. First time really being away from home. And he really struggled with that. And and um, and so what we do, we just put our arms around him, love him, and um, guide him through his first season because we know how special um, you're going to be. And, um, Chris, that's part of the development of the human and not just the football player. Uh, we talked about it last week. We, we, we both saw your, your defense really clicking in that, in that second half against William and Mary. Your defense – they were they were dominant. You you go back to last week now and that second half. Your defense has given up just 17 points over the last six quarters. This is a Citadel team that can run. They had a quarterback with an arm, and of course, last week you were doing that against the number four team in in the nation. What, what has clicked for your defense? Well, I think it's just Chris. It's just them being together, them playing a lot. You know, Coach Miller has done a great job of really keeping the minds of all of these athletes on one page. And that's really, as a coordinator, that's your job, right? So you got all these personalities, you got all these different talents. How do I put this together and then call a game that these guys can be comfortable so they can show what they have? And that's what Coach Miller has done. Uh, just such a great job of, of, of really getting his coaches on the same page, his players on the same page. And guess what? He's a, he's a guy that understands I'm going to let my talent do what it do. Yep. And that's what he's been doing with it. And and uh, just just a great job. And this defense, I promise you, this defense is going to get better and better and better as the season go on. So uh, right now I can say that the defense is probably clicking at about 55% of, of really um, their, their peak at what they can be. Wow, really? 55%? Yes, sir. 55%. It's, it's going to get ugly and it's going to get scarier. Um, as these guys continue to, you know, um, play under Coach Miller and, and his system and what he's doing. And so, um, man, I, I'm, I'm excited. As you can tell, I'm excited about my coaches. I'm excited about my players uh, because they're only going to get better and better and better. I really thought one of the keys to that game defensively, again, it's the Citadel. They run the option. It's a little bit different than the triple option of old, but they still, they want to run the ball down your throat. Your defensive line set the tone. I I think they made the first five tackles of the game. 
these are guys that have experience but haven't played together, and you saw a front three that's really tough to beat. It really is, man. Um, starting with with our big man, um, Burtis, um, in the middle, you know, coming from, um, you know, Illinois and, and, and being there and, and really – you know he's he he played in Big Ten, so yep. he know what this is look like. And and man, when you're 330 pounds, it's hard to move you six five three thirty. Um, th- th- that guy sets a tone, right? And then you have everybody else, you know. Um, and and that's really where we get excited because I told you that I had to go get another defensive line yeah. to um, be able to withstand. Um, the type of things that offenses do to you because you have to steal people in the pass and you have to steal people in the run. So you better have some guys that can two-gap up up front, and that's what we have right now. Uh, certainly. So a lot more to talk about. Um, the competition, it ramps up. you got to go all the way to New Jersey next week. We'll talk about your next foe coming up after the break. This is Campbell Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Camel Cole Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Football is back in Bowie's Creek next Saturday, a week from this Saturday, September 23rd at 6 p.m. Conference foe Elon from just down the road will come in. And remember, again this year, kids 12 and under are in for free with the purchase of an adult ticket in Section 106. Tickets available now at GoCamels.com and 1-877-GO-HOMPS. Sunday was a fun day. We all love the NFL, but but how fun was it that the Miami Dolphins at the Los Angeles Chargers, two camels on both the rosters. Now, Julian Hill tweaked his ankle this week, so he made the trip. He was inactive, but Brevin Allen, who was on the practice squad until this weekend, he was called up, and here's an answer for a trivia question. It'll be the first of many folks, but the first camel ever to play in a regular season NFL game was Brevin Allen. He was on special teams for the very first kickoff. I know you saw him just like I did. He was the first camel to make his NFL debut. You had two camels on that field. What a moment it is for you in this program, Coach. Oh, wow. Just huge. Um, Ten years, man. Ten years of of, um, putting in some work and and, um, developing guys and, and, um, you know, had dudes that had a chance to try to make it in and then now finally um having two guys um and and well you know what a scene right you, you, the first game that both guys is part of they playing each other right so, yeah so the camels is all over the place <laughs> on sunday and yeah and man what a, what a great deal I, I wish julian um you know was healthy um, so you can be here in Campbell all day long yeah. as them guys were trying to make plays in a National Football League game. What I love about it is the fact that both of those guys came to this program as freshmen. Both of those guys didn't have any stars by their name. If you would have put odds on those two guys coming out of high school, their odds of making the NFL, it would have been astronomical. I, I, that says it all doesn't it mm, that says it all chris um 
really, you know, the patience and, and the understanding of um, how to develop people. And, and that's really what this program is all about. It's always been that way. Um, that's always been our vision uh, from the beginning of, of um, building this program is build a program that help give value, help other people create value for themselves so they can go on and do amazing things after playing in your program. And that's what that's that's what happened. So you start talking about the odds. You know, what are the odds of one guy making it? What is the odds of two yeah. guys making it? No right? doubt. And um, what's the odds of them two guys playing each other on the first game? So, um, you know, just a lot of magic in the air. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It'll be fun to uh, to, to watch them um, as this year goes on. Okay, back to the present and a bunch of guys that will be in NFL camp someday as well playing for you right now. So this Saturday, Campbell travels all the way to West Long Branch, New Jersey. It's mm. just about an hour south of New York, near the coast to take on a familiar foe, Monmouth. Now, Monmouth was a football-only member of the Big South Conference. Jason Williams, our great media communications specialist for this football team, telling me that, do you remember that the first road conference game in the Big South was against Monmouth? So Monmouth was a football-only member of the Big South Conference, played up there a couple times. They are now a full member of the CAA. They're 1-1 one one this year. They played well at FBS's Florida Atlantic, and then they won, really beat up pretty good, pulled away against a Towson team. So my first question is, does it help or hurt that you have a little bit of a familiar foe and familiar surroundings? Well, I, I think it helps because um, I'm the only guy that's probably um, used to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is new. They don't know anything about Mammoth. They don't know um, the history behind it. So this would be their first game. Uh, versus those guys so it's just another game for them and and um you know it's gonna be tough man because i know what we're going into i know how they're going to be coached um i know how they're going to play they're going to play very tough and they're going to play hard and 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 um they're going to play sound they're not going to make mistakes um that's just not who they are and um and that's who we are now you know we we're, we're tough smart physical fast football team and and um we're looking forward to the challenge of, of going on the road again and, and um, seeing what we can do. Can we continue to get better? That, that's the number one thing with me. It's not even about the wins or losses. Is how can we continue to um, challenge ourselves to get better week in and week out? That, that's the challenge uh, for the Camels. After a game like the Citadel where so much went right, how do you challenge your guys? What do you point out that they are going to have to do better after doing everything pretty darn good last Saturday? Well, you know, the, the, you know, I'll use a phrase of the week. And, and the phrase of the week for my guys this week is do your part. So whatever it is that you need to do, do your part. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the opponent. Just do your part. And, um, and so the challenge is do your part when it comes to off the field. Go to class. Turn in your classwork when, when it's time to do that. Um, be on time for meetings. Go to treatment. Get recovery. Eat right. Go to bed. All these things is do your part, and that's really what we're talking about. And, and if, if any human does this, right, you're going to get better. That's just how life works. And so we just want to stay in the process of trying to get better, not necessarily uh, worry about, what happened last week, what's, what's going to happen this week. It's about what's happening today. 
And um, and I told my guys, I said, look, in, in football, people got short memories. They care less what happened last time. They want to know what's happening now, right? And um, and so, you know, I try to teach my guys to to understand that it's about the present in this in this business. And, and so you better stay in it and um, continue to dominate the moment so you can continue to add value to your life. Marquez McCray, he is their quarterback. What does he do so well? Well, he gets he gets rid of the ball quickly. He got a quick release. He's going to get the ball to his playmakers, um, number five. He's going to get the ball to the running back, number 20. And um, that, you know, and then outside, he threw a couple fade balls, nice balls to, to number three out there. He's going to get the ball to the playmakers. That's his job. But every quarterback that mom's ever had since I've been playing them has been that type of guy. You're right. Yeah. He can do a little bit of everything. <laughs> right. And um, so I, I asked Coach, man, um, in the summer when we had our coaches uh, meeting, I asked him, I said, man, where you keep getting these quarterbacks and where you keep <laughs> getting these running backs, man? Because we, we tired of seeing them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But it, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great challenge for our defense because they're always good on offense. And um, so our defensive guys got to come ready to play. They got to come ready to tackle. They got to, um, you know, come ready to run to the football. We're going to have to get five, six guys to the ball um, because, you know, number 20, I mean, you know, he ran for 1,700 yards. Yeah. If, you know, people don't understand who he is, um, you know, and he's on the, he's on the watch list of, of winning the, you know, Offensive Player of the Year award. Yeah. So. Um, you know, this this is a this is a guy that, that can play some football and we got to come uh, ready to rock and roll on defense. Monmouth has always been good at defense, so solid at defense. Their linebacker, Jake Brown, he's a defensive player of the week in the CAA. Two sacks, a forced fumble and seven tackles. What's special about him? Well, he's long and he's athletic. Again, linebackers have always been a big thing for, for Monmouth at, at their team and, and um, their defense. And he's another one. He's another guy that can make plays. Um, as you can see, he's blitzing in. He's, he's beating the guard. He's stripping the quarterback. And so we got to watch where he's at and, and, and pay attention to to that and make sure we get some of our 330-pound um, guys' <laughs> uh, body on him and, and make sure that, you know, we, we can um, slow him down a little bit because um, he's a heck of a football player because you don't win defensive player of the week and not be really, really good. You uh, have mentioned it a lot. You you really, I mean, you respect all your opponents, but but you really respect this head coach in this program. Well, what sticks out about them? Man, he's a gentleman, you know? And I love people who respect other people, right? Um, I love people who respect the game. Um, this is a great game that we that we able to coach. It's a great game that I was able to play. Um, it, it has given me a lot. And so when people respect the game, man, I'm gonna love you. Yeah. And and um and, and so when I look at coach, that's what I see, man. I see a guy that has been doing it for 20 plus years. Um, you know, Mama don't need no one coach. He he's always taking me under the wing and say, hey, coach, I know that you moving from non scholarship to scholarship. This is how we did it. Yeah. Um, always giving me tips, man, and just kind of being a mentor. Uh, even though we was an opponent. And, and again, man, I respect that because I, I really feel like this, Chris, that, you know, God has given you things not for you, 
He's giving you things so you can share with other people. And that's what Coach does, and that's why I respect him. And um, he's going to be – his team is going to reflect that. His team is going to be um, guys who play the game right. And, you know, no cheap shots, not, none of that. And, and um, they're going to execute and play great football. Who doesn't love that stuff? And, and that's why I respect his program. I respect him as a man. And I always respect his players because they reflect him. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're going to have for the second half hour of the show two people you work closely with, your second-year offensive coordinator, Anthony Whedon, your first-year defensive coordinator, Patrick Miller. I want you to brag on them a little bit, but start with you took from at least the outside looking in a a risk on both these guys, Uh, not because you obviously knew they had the ability, but they weren't OCs before. They weren't DCs before. They were in your program, not for a long time, but but they were guys that you said, you know what, uh, these guys, we're going to take a chance on them, and boy, has it paid off. So first start with your offensive coordinator, Anthony Whedon. Well, you know, the first thing that I look at in, in people is, one, um, can they connect with me, right? So do they fit, um, you know, what who I am and how I think? Um, the, the, the other thing I look at is, is are they teachable and, and willing? Right. So if they if they teachable and willing, then we can grow and we can go a long ways together. And um, that's what Coach Whedon was. He, he was very teachable and he was willing to learn things that he might have not learned from a guy that played the game for a long time and then seen a lot of different things. Um, he coached. He'd been coaching longer than me. Right. So so. Hey, Cole, why I got to take something from you? I've been doing yep. this longer than you, right? <laughs> but but what he sees is he says, you know what? This man has seen some things that I know I haven't heard, even though I've been coaching for a long time. Yep. And so the humbleness, um, Chris, is is really where it's at. And, and, um, and then, you know, can you buy in? Can you buy into a vision that's not yours, <laughs> right? Um, that's a big attribute that that um, you got to have. And Coach Whedon got them got them in spades. And so, um, and and he's smart. I mean, this guy is, he can understand how to attack um, defenses. Um, and then he's at the same time he's an innovator. So this offense that you see, this offense has been created from his mind. This is no system that he took from someone else and and started up and started. No, this is his system. And so what you see today is something that was birthed in this man, you know, five years ago. And and now everybody in the world getting a chance to see it. But I saw it when he was my receiver coach. I said, this guy is special and I got to get him um, in the seat. So, um, you know, before Texas come get him. (laughs) And then you took a similar risk and did the same thing with, uh, with, with your defensive coordinator now in, in Patrick Miller. You know, Coach Miller is, um, you know, he's the youngest coach I've ever worked with and put in that seat, right? 27. So, yeah, you know, my son is older than him. And, and so he, he, you know, he could be in there with my kids, right? And, uh, but when you talk about a, a, a guy that, that understands people, because he's one of our main recruiters too. Yep. So all this talent that we see running around, that's him, right? Well, in order to get kids to come to campus, in order to get kids to um, trust you to fly all the way from California to, to the East Coast, 
you got to know how to do relationships, man. And, and that's the thing, um, you know, very quiet. Um, if you if you were to come up to him, he's probably not going to say anything to you. But until he get that relationship with you, then he'll talk to you. Then he'll show you how, you know, uh, you know I'll call him a genius because he really is, man. The guy, the guy um, IQ is probably off the charts. Yeah. Kuma uh, sum laude. Yeah, man. Too, I huh? mean, I, look, all the tests that's out there that yeah. that you can take, this man is probably perfect on all the tests. And so um, just, just an unbelievable guy, though, you know, the ability to buy in. Okay? So, you know, he's been a mentor by guys before me. And um, and so what I'm a, how I'm going to come at you, I'm going to come at you differently than all your <laughs> mentors that you've had in the past. And so now, I, you know, you got to say, well, man, I haven't heard this before, right? I mean, how, you know, how is that going to fit in? And you got to trust. And, and he, he has the ability to trust. And, and that's why he's going to be a great coordinator and one day going to be a great um, head coach. Indeed. And we will hear from Coach Miller coming up after the break. We'll be back after this. It's Chemical Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Welcome back into Chemical Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. If you haven't already, we invite you to join the rebooted Fighting Camel Club. The Fighting Camel Club empowers student-athletes to lead with purpose on and off the field. Donations to the FCC have helped fund facility enhancements, health and wellness improvements, career and professional development, recruiting, coaching, and more. Memberships begin at $100, and you can get exclusive merchandise and access to exclusive opportunities. Head to GoCamels.com and hit the give button. Coach Patrick Miller, he was promoted to defensive coordinator in the offseason. With his assistance, the Camels have compiled back-to-back number one freshman recruiting classes as he really led the recruiting efforts, and that is number one freshman recruiting classes in all of NCAA Division I FCS. That's the last two years. He also last year coached Miles Rouser to a freshman All-American season. In 2022, he is now in his first year as our defensive coordinator. And and Coach Miller, first of all, just to um, what impressed you the most about your defense's in, um, performance this year? So far, it would just be effort. You know, they hustle around to the football. They fly around. They trust. They're starting to trust each other, you know. So effort first and foremost, pursuit to the football. You know, that's what impressed me most so far. Um, when you break down and really looked at that tape you guys taking on on the citadel what did you see and what did you see from your guys that were maybe different than last week much better tackling overall and uh paying attention to details so details of the schematics details um that really helped us uh have a lot of success is there really something to the fact that you brought so many new pieces, so many talented pieces, so many different guys in this defense? Is there really something to, you say it all the time, hey, this defense just needs to take a little time to gel. Is, is there something to that? Yeah, no doubt. A lot of them haven't had a lot of snaps. So just the more reps they get, the more they play together, the more they're going to be more comfortable with each other and the more they're going to trust each other. 
week one to week two, what did you work on the most, and, and where did you see it come to fruition in that game against the Citadel? Tackling. We worked tackling a bunch. We focused on tackling, and the guys came out, and we didn't miss too many tackles, which was a big difference from week one to week two, and then just the details of our all of where we fit uh, in our run fit schematically let us play a lot faster. I talked a little bit about it with uh, Coach Minter, but take me through your defensive line. What, what is special about those guys that, that I thought really set the tone in that game to start with? No, oh, yeah, they're a special unit overall. Coach Adams does an amazing job with those guys coaching up um, their techniques. I mean, I can't be more impressed with them. We have a lot of good transfers on that front. You know, uh, David from Harvard is going to be one of the best players, I think, in the conference. Uh, Elijah Hawk, another transfer from Central Michigan, had a explosive game, and he is a special playmaker for us. And the list keeps going on and on for just um, coming in. Another transfer. People can't move them, so we get, we're stacked up front. Uh, Coach Adams does an amazing job with those guys, and I can't be more proud of those that group. You have been so enthralled. You have been such a pivotal part of organizing this recruiting over the over the past couple of years. You put together back to back number one FCS freshman recruiting classes out of high school. You really got down how to sell the vision of Coach Minner. Guys that are transferring and in the transfer portal. And, and look, these aren't FCS guys looking for a new home. These are FBS guys. These are power five guys looking for a new home. You got a lot of them, 21 FBS transfers this past year. What was the sales pitch? How did you get these guys to come and, and believe in you and believe in, in this program? Well, just trusting the process and trusting what Coach Mint vision is. You know, we unlock the greatness in each of our guys and trusting that they're going to come here, they're going to be taken care of, they're going to be looked after, they're going to get a fresh start, and they're actually going to be cared for, developed, not just on the field, but also off the field as a person. And I think a lot of those big-time guys, they don't get that same uh, attention um, that they're going to get here and just that same love that they get from us and the staff. We've talked about a lot of the new guys, but if you look at the top of your stat sheet, your leading tacklers are C.J. Tillman, Moncovia Gaffney, and Demarcus Harrington. Gaffney has been here for a long time. Harrington and Tillman, they're young bucks, but they've been in that program. That says something about how you've developed these guys as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I love all three of them. You know, they're the leaders of our defense. I wouldn't have it any other way. And I can't be more proud of CJ and how much he's grown, um, not just on the field, but off the field to uh, truly take a step and lead this defense. And DeMarcus has been right by his side this entire time. And you know, I am lucky that Moncovia Gaffney is in his last year and still has another <laughs> year left because I wouldn't have it any other way without playing without Gaff. Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, and, and he's one that you see in the program. He came in and he was talented but raw. And you guys have turned him to one of the best defenders in, in, in the league. What's the key to that? How have you all had such a, a big hand and had so much success in developing guys? Again, I think it just comes with paying attention to details and really spending the time with them. You know, I think it takes a lot of guys come in and you got to teach them football. You got to teach them exactly what they're looking for and, you know, how to use their talents. And I think our staff does a great job of that. I'm going to brag on you a little bit because Coach Minner, he didn't know I was doing this, but but he really laid out, uh, you know, intelligence, how smart you were, everything like that. So in college, as a student athlete, summa cum laude, a dual bachelor's degree in political science and economics and a minor in business management, not your usual linebacker 
classes that, that they take. T tell me about your college playing career and being a student and an athlete. Yeah, I was more of a student than the athlete, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not like uh, some of the other guys we got on staff. Uh, you know, I was a small-time D3 guy that loved football, um, but I was there for school and to get their degree, and that's what I focused on. But, you know, I had a little good playing career, and Coach Chip got to coach me for my last year, so that's always an intriguing <laughs> story that now he uh, is our linebacker's coach. So, Political science. Economics, business management. How does that whole? How does that help your coaching career as a defensive coordinator? Understanding people. Okay. Yeah, understanding yeah. people. So, <laughs> uh, politics and uh, coaching isn't very different. So it all involves people at the end of the day, and you know, knowing how to uh, manage people and what they're looking for. I think it goes hand in hand. Finally, talk to me about where you were from and, and how you grew up and, and how you really fell in love with this great game of football. Yeah, I'm from Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, about an outside of Philadelphia. And, you know, from the time I can remember, I was playing flag football when I was six and then kind of kept with it all throughout. Went out to uh, college in Central PA and Juniata um, College and then uh, finished up at Alvernia. But uh, sports was a big part of me, I know. Uh, my dad and me bonded over sports, so it's been a big part of my life uh, since I can remember. You take on a very good Monmouth team coming up this week. What is the keys to stopping their offense? What are you going to have to do against such talented playmakers? Uh, we got to stop 20, the running back. Uh, we keep him contained, keep him limited. Uh, we're going to have a good day. And then just changing up uh, pictures and not letting them get comfortable overall. <laughs> You know, and also stopping uh, number five, their slot receivers as well. So if we stop those two, eliminate explosives, we're going to have a good day. He is first-year defensive coordinator, and his defense in the last uh, six quarters has given up just 17 points, gave up just seven points uh, to a very good rushing attack for the Citadel this past weekend. When we come back after the break, we'll go to the offensive side of the ball. Offensive coordinator Anthony Whedon will be our Guest in this final segment. Come on back. Camel Call Live returns after this. Oh, welcome back into the county seat in downtown Lillington. We are here every Monday night, and every time you're here, you get a chance to win prizes. We've got a four-pack of tickets to any of the remaining three home games for Campbell. So get out your tickets, everybody in the audience. The winner of the four-pack of tickets to a Campbell home game this year is 626-238. 626 238 and 626-255, 626-255 or 626-238. 626-238, we have a winner. Every time you come down, you will not only get to watch the show for live, you get to have fabulous prizes so every time you come down here with the county seat and the best service in all of Lillington as we have two winners tonight 
So let me get out my other certificate for you. As we have two winners tonight, give us a call and we will uh, give you your tickets there. Thank you so much. Have a good one. So every time you come down, you can win a four-pack of tickets and more here at the county seat. All right, welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. Joining me now, Anthony Whedon in his second season as offensive coordinator. First season was last year. In 2022, he guided the Camels to a school record for passing yards in a single year. He coached both wideouts and quarterbacks as well. Under Whedon's supervision, offensive tackle Mike Edwards was an All-American. Also, just one of four Camels on the offensive side of the ball. They earned Big South accolades. Of course, tight end Julian Hill ending up on the 53-man roster of the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, Coach, before we get into current, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Julian Hill. When you first met him, when you started coaching him, you had told me this is a guy that's going to end up in the NFL. What could you see in him? How did you know that he was going to end up in an NFL uniform? Uh, well, it started with his worth ethic, man. I've never seen a kid with uh, so much of fire and um, desire to, you know, get after his dreams and his goals. And so, um, you know, uh, when I first got here, watching, watching him in the summer, um, looking at the qualities of him at, inside of a uh, leadership, um, I called it, man. I said, man, look, this kid here has the skill set and the worth ethic to to go out there and play on Sundays, and, and that's exactly what he's doing, man. So uh, you talk about uh, being proud. Um, man, I was so excited for him because I know exactly what he put in. And so, you know, we had a FaceTime to where we talked and it was just a good moment to, yeah. to know that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, God is good. And if you know what you want to do, man, you can go out and do it as long as you put the work in. Man, just an amazing, amazing story that I know that staff and, and that's the thing is everyone you talk to say he is so deserving and, and it is so special because, you know, I've been around him as well for five years. He's a special guy. Mm. If he wasn't good at football, he'd still be a really special guy and mean a lot to a lot of people. Exactly. Just a great human, man. He, he would make an impact, and he's still going to make an impact, even after he finish playing, you know, whenever he decides to uh, stop doing that. Um, he's going to go out into the world and just be a great human. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to cross paths with him because he's taught me uh, just as much, uh, if not more, than I've taught him. So uh, that's exciting. Your quarterback, speaking of teaching, speaking of learning, what we have seen him grow, he has always been good. He has gotten better each and every year. He has gone from great to really great this year. What's been the difference in him? What have you seen? Mm. Oh, man, he is putting in so much time. Man, he's putting in so much time and effort. And um, and now you're starting to see it. You know, I actually saw it at the uh, uh, during the season last year, at the beginning of the year. Um, and now everybody's starting to see the work that he put in. And it's really just a year, um, a year delay, honestly. Um, and, um, you know, looking at the numbers that he's putting up, um, how he's operating the system, man, um, I'm just excited for him. I'm happy for him because I know uh, that he understands that it's the work, you know, and you speak about Julian Hill, him and um, Hodge, you know, best of friends. So yep. uh, when you see one of your friends make it off of hard work, it makes you and you understand that you guys have the same goals and aspirations. Well, it makes you it makes you straighten up real quick. And it's not like he was off of the uh, beaten path, uh, but it makes you believe just that much more. And um, you're starting to see that belief uh, play out inside of the games that he's playing. 
No doubt. And he will say that too. Being around him and seeing the way he works made him work harder. That's a that's a great point. Okay, tell me a little bit. Give me some insight into where did you get the ideas? Who was your inspiration for this offensive set? Because like Coach Mike Minter says, this isn't a prototype of something that you were brought in, of course, in your playing days in, in Prairie View A&M. Um, you, you saw a lot of things. So where did you get this? How did you come up with this offense that has been so successful? Well, I grew up in a uh, West Coast system um, coached by Mike Bryan. He was my offensive coordinator when I played. And um, just going through the coaching uh, profession, man, I've picked up a couple of things from uh, different people. Uh, Matt Walter being another big one right now. He's at uh, East Central, which is a D2 school in Oklahoma. Um, taught me a lot about uh, the game of football. And so um, whenever he gave me the opportunity um, to be able to beat OC there, um, I was able to start studying ball. You know, and um, when I'm when I studied ball, I started to see the greats, um, you know, Sark, who had just had a great week, yeah. um, you know, and these different offensive coordinators up just across the country. And um, whenever you watch football enough, you'll start to see the game inside of principles. And so um, I just uh, getting here. Um, you'll realize, man, it's not necessarily about the plays. It's about the players. Uh, what can they actually do? And um, when you figure out what they can actually do and you marry it with uh, some principles, man, I think you'll get a good product at the end. And so uh, that's what we did. Um, I took, I looked at Hodge uh, when I first got the job and I said, okay, what can Hodge do well? And instead of building to get um, off of what I wanted to do, I built it around exactly what I think he does. Wow, well. did you really? So you built around your quarterback? Absolutely. And I think uh, any great officer coordinator or any good football coach is going to do the same where, wherever he goes. Uh, you can have this grand system uh, and think that it's going to be, uh, you know, work wonders. And your plays actually might work wonders. But if your kids are inside of you asking them to do things that, you know, they just don't do well, then it's not going to turn out well for you. So um, being able to go out, one, recruit well. What you what you want and what you need and then pair it with what these kids already do well that's on your roster um, I think you come out on the back end with what we have now and so it's going to be exciting just to go through this process um, just you know, I got to talk about my, my assistant coaches uh, when you talk about D Brown you talk about Famika and I you talk of Jacob Cuttington uh, Josh Evans and the list goes on and on I got a great support staff with Amari Williams Luke Sutton who just trans uh, trans uh, transitioned from being a player to a coach um you know you got uh Lindington's own uh my um uh, my, my volunteer uh Carson Beller and um you just have a Austin Blake who had just played yeah. all these guys have bought into uh the vision and so they see it and and that is uh you know that's something that um is invaluable so having that rollover them understand exactly what I would want um, and then them adding to it, man, it, it just breeds a, a great system. Um, and, you know, that's what we have. The system, what sticks out, I think it's 12 different receivers have caught passes through two games. Seven have multiple catches. Three have double-digit catches. So the depth that you told me about at the beginning of the year, it's really starting to show up. Yeah, man, it's so hard when I go into uh, a, the skill players room and I'm looking at all of our players and I'm like, man, we could feature so many of you guys. Um, but in order for us to get what we want, 
Um, I think that it's just best that we spread this ball around and let uh, Haas be our point guard. And so um, going with that philosophy, having the kids buy into that thought process. That's not easy to do. Oh, How do you do all. it? Not at all. Well, you just talk about what's real. You know, you talk about, um, you know, we we are we if if one of us is successful, then we're all successful. And um, it's a hard concept to, to look at. But um, even if you look at this last game, when you talk about VJ, you talk about EZ, um, the game before you talked about Chaney, you talk about Jalen Kelsey, you know, the ball's getting spread around. And um, I really feel like even uh, later on in the season, you're going to see different people touch the ball as well. Yeah. You know, you're going to have different people have highlighted games. And so, um, you know, our kids are doing a great job of buying into that, understanding um, exactly what we're trying to do. And uh, I think from there, that's where our success comes. B.J. Wilkins, just hmm. incredible what he has done. You, you warned me about him, but but he has all-purpose yards. As he, he's been able to return kicks for you, too. What, what makes him different? Man, the kid is uh, confident now. You know, when he first got here, uh, V.J., and again, this is homegrown talent now. He's from Winston-Salem, yeah. North Carolina. I just want to make sure that's clear because <laughs> we do recruit across the nation. Uh, but we got Chaney Fitzgerald, who's yep. from North Carolina. You have Lamaze McDowell, who's from North Carolina. You've always said um, you – you hit home first yes, we do. and then go out. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So, uh, of course, we do recruit nationally, but these kids here, man, coming from North Carolina, um, talk about VJ Wilkins uh, just in particular. Um, one, he he runs a 10-6, you know, and so um, he already it. has the speed. And so um, <laughs> let me talk about the program here. We talk about uh, Mark Spellman, uh, our strength and conditioning coach, being able to put 10 to 15 pounds on him. And in a year's time, man, you get to get engulfed in the system and learn your play. If you know what you if you know what you're doing, if you're strong enough to play and you're fast enough to play, then I mean, this is going to show. And that's what it's done. <laughs> I mean, I had done anything special, but plug him into um, the system and our offensive system and, and uh, just getting him get him the balls in ways that, you know, that he likes. And shoot, now he's doing everything else with it. Um, Jalen Kelsey. I've really seen him. He has been solid all through. But but you're starting to see that explosiveness that that catch anything in his way that that you really saw when he was a freshman man uh Jalen is has done a great job with uh spearheading this thought process that man we're going to spread this ball around to everybody and I really feel like man you know a uh, guy works in mysterious ways now he is getting the benefit of you know the thought process of okay man everybody can touch it well the ball is fine enough and he is making plays you know, all all over the field, whether it be intermediate, deep, um, across the middle, uh, short, he's doing everything. And then if you look at him and he's actually doing some dirty work and blocking as well. So um, excited for, you know, what he can look like by the end of the year, because uh, he understands that, man, this is just about improving each week. And that's what he's doing. And so uh, excited to see him continue to grow and com be that complete receiver that I truly believe that he can be. I'll start this next point with the fact that Julian Hill, who is now in the NFL as a tight end for the Miami Dolphins, he came to you as a quarterback from just down the road in Fayetteville. Alex Santiago, he was a walk-on, a special teams guy. He made some great plays in special teams. He seemed to always, you'd always call his name no matter the situation. He's won a couple games for him with special teams. Now he's a tight end, and when you told me that, it's like, 
okay, you, you pitch him last year. He's going to do the dirty work. He's going to do blocking, which he does, but he's catching passes man, now. Man, he's catching passes, man. <laughs> Shout out to Alex Santiago. Yeah. Um, but that's from the work that he's done in the summer. And people won't see this, but of course you know him as, um, you know, the the, the um, hard worker that he is. He's going to stay in the weight room. He's going to give everything that he wants to on special teams for Coach Williams. Um, but what you hadn't seen was during the summer, man, he was out there with um, uh, throwing sessions, I guess, held by high. Hodge and Hodge just keeps on, you know, coming back into uh, the fall and telling me, hey, man, you know, Sanjay, I was working with this man. I think he can, you know, he can be uh, versatile. And so we've t- tested that out, just believing in the players. Yeah. This is what you get. <laughs> you get wow. you get him catching passes out the backfield, uh, down the field, um, catching, got some yak, man. It's exciting to see. Um, exciting to see those kids uh, when you don't hold them back, what they can actually do. You're, you're running backs. It's four guys that have been in this program. There are no transfers that have come in from FBS or, or FCS. These are dudes that you have worked with and you're really seeing it. We'll, we'll start with Lamaje McDowell. He, he looks fantastic. Man, Lamaje, um, there's, there's not a, a more hardworking, I think, kid inside of our backfield um, just with um, what we ask him to do, um, he understands and he gets our style. So um, we, we started with our identity, what we wanted to be. You know, uh, Coach always talks about it. You know, we wanted to be tough, smart, physical, fast. Well, he's that physical piece, too. You know, he's the physical piece for us. Um, but he didn't not only want to be physical. He wanted to be fast as well. So what he did during the offseason was, you know, lose weight, cut weight. And he's been, you know, our workhorse. And so um, it's really hard whenever our O-line is clicking, Lamaje is doing his thing. Our receivers are doing their thing, and he's able to uh, finish runs, and that's what we love to see. We love to see Lamaje get the ball and finish drives, and he's done that a couple of times this year, and he's going to continue to do it. And I'm excited to see his growth as well. Um, you know, Rogers has been has been so good, so, so explosive, and and they shared the carries. And then when you guys were were well ahead in the Citadel, you were like, okay, we're going to have some guys to do it. We're going to bring in our, our third and four stringers. Chris McKay Jr., you have been telling me he's probably the most complete back that you've had in your stable for the past couple years. He's 5'8", 190, but gosh, you're giving him some chances. You're giving him some touches, and he's really coming up strong. Man, look how – that just talks about how talented our, the room is. It talks to the job that D. Brown and Josh Evans does with those backs. Um, and you see him out there. Man, it's just not enough football to go around uh, because he goes out there and he does what he does inside of the small uh, amount of touches that he has. And, um, you know, it is just talks to the testament of him believing – trust in us and understand that his time is coming and it came and you know he led us in rushing yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then you try to take the foot off the gas some more you put in ty good who if he was 510 he'd be playing power five oh somewhere he's five six 145 fast as anything and your offensive line who did an incredible job was paving the way for him he got into the end zone that's it man and you don't you guys don't understand what that does for us culturally uh because we always talk about as um leaders and um you know the upperclassmen how they want to work so hard to where their underclassmen can get in the game and so uh, may not mean anything to anybody else but uh Aiden Valdez played in his first college game Elvin Harris played in his college his first college game and to be able to get those guys in there to pave the way for 
tied to be able to get into yeah. the end zone. And he looked good doing it. He I mean, really did. You know, uh, just no more of a deserving kid. Again, just got put on scholarship. And, you know, he is, you know, as advertised and he's earning his he's earning his keep. Um, and uh, it's just uh, a credit to uh, the coaches, assistant coaches, just um, staying on their guys and keeping on pouring into them. That's it. You go up to Monmouth to take on a very disciplined, very good, very solid Monmouth defense. What's the keys for you all to have success up there in New Jersey? Uh, just be ourselves. Uh, we, we have to be sound. This is not a team that's going to beat themselves. Uh, so you have to understand your assignment and you have to execute that assignment, um, knowing that these guys are going to be where they're supposed to be. They're not going to give you anything. So um, we, we just have to literally uh, just be who we are. Uh, just play a you know a tough, smart, physical, fast brand of football, you know, and that's what we're going to try to stick to. Um, not necessarily looking at the score, but we're going to chase excellence inside of uh, inside of our journey. So um, I don't know uh, what the outcome will be, um, but I do know that um, every coach uh, on this staff is uh, is um, uh, coaching their uh, their guys to be excellent. That's all we're that's all we're doing. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on the year so far, and we'll uh, see you up in New Jersey. All right, man. Y'all take care. That's offensive coordinator Anthony Whedon, and that'll do it for this edition of Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Coming up this weekend, Campbell takes on Monmouth up in New Jersey. That game will be on Flow Sports, 1 o'clock on Flow Sports and we will have live audio coverage for you, of course, starting with the Bojangles countdown to kick off at 1245 on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports Network app. For Coach Minner, Coach Miller, Coach Whedon, I'm Chris Amire saying so long. We will talk to you from New Jersey coming up this Saturday. Have a great week, everybody.